Good morning, Cross Point Church. How's everybody doing? Everybody doing good? Sounds like you're doing really good. I want to just say, uh, I want to just say exactly what Spence has already said earlier, but welcome home. It feels good? Feels good? Welcome home. Hey, I want everybody to do this, just sort of relax. As I know we as a staff and so many volunteers have been doing in this place, we just, today for us, I want it to just be a day where we could just sort of chill because there's been so much work leading up to us just moving in here. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to just kind of stick your hands out like this for just a moment. Wiggle your fingers a little bit. And then I want you to do this. Okay? That's the happy dance, right? That's the happy dance. We've got to celebrate Jesus today, right? Amen? Celebrate all he's done in this place. I tell you, I, um, I, I'm so excited. Uh, if you're a guest with us here this morning, we are super excited that you chose your day to join us today and uh, chose this day to join us and we are super excited that you're here with us today. Uh, we are a faith family who uh, is just made up of a, a bunch of broken people, <clears throat> a bunch of imperfect people whom God himself has brought together for the sake of community and doing life together and we see ourselves as a faith family and so when we say welcome home, that's exactly what we mean. We mean this is our home for our family a family of God, and so uh, we are so excited to be here today and to just celebrate Jesus in this place this morning. Uh, I couldn't be more thrilled. Uh, I know for me, uh, this Easter is a very special time for me. Uh, I have a lot of my immediate family that has, has driven in to join us here, and uh, it's just so good to have them here, family and friends that have, have come from afar to be with, uh, with us and our family today, as, as I know some of you probably have as well. And then also... Uh, it's a special day because we celebrate this together as a faith family. And I, I just couldn't be more happy about, about this day, and I'll remember this Easter Sunday forever, I'm sure. So it's going to be a really amazing time. Today we're going to wrap up a, a series that we began a couple of weeks ago called Greater Things. And, uh, and obviously we, we uh, uh, contribute everything that is greater to our Savior, Jesus Christ. That's who we celebrate today. And, uh, and so we're going to wrap up this series this morning, uh, and we're going to begin a new series next week called Welcome Home. And so that's sort of fitting, I think, and so we're going to start that one next week. But I want to pray for us this morning, and then we're going to dive into God's Word and just allow God to speak into our hearts and just do business with us as individuals here this morning, okay? So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit of God, Lord, we just thank you so much for your presence in this place. And we thank you, God, for just the opportunity we have to come and gather together. God, all of us, broken people, whom, God, you, by your grace, have, have just done a mighty work within. And, Father, you've assembled us in this place, and you've brought us together to be a family, to be a family of God, to, to be a part of your kingdom. And, God, we welcome you here. We welcome you in this place. And, God, we pray that as we continue to live out our life, that you would lead us, God, just in spirit and, and truth. God, that we would worship you in spirit and truth, that we would know you in spirit and truth. And God, we just thank you so much for, for all that you are and what you're going to do here today. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, that you have given us your word, that we can uh, read and, and study and preach and, and hear from you, God. It's just so amazing to, to study your word and to, and to hear you speak into our life. And so, Father, tonight, today as we prepare to dive into your word. I pray, God, that you would just hide me behind the cross. God, this is never about me. It's all about you. And I pray, Father, that as we 
dive into your word, that you would stir our hearts and you would stir our souls, and that, God, we would just be drawn ever closer to who you are. Lord, we love you, we praise you, we absolutely adore you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. If you're anything like me this morning, you probably woke up and probably one of the first things you grabbed was your cell phone. I grab my cell phone in the morning because it's, uh, it, I click the thing on and it leads me out of a dark room and so I don't bother Linnell too much when I leave the room. I want to sort of leave and, and have the glow of the phone. But uh, I go out and I find my way to the coffee pot. That's the next thing I do. And I need my coffee in the morning and I just sort of wipe the sleep out of my eyes and I try to regain a little bit of life in me. And, 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 but, it, but it never fails. I open up that cell phone and I look. And the first thing that I see on that cell phone, which is probably the first thing you see when you open your cell phone, is a date. And this morning I opened it up and it was April 16th, 2017. April 16th, 2017. But 2017 what? 2017 since the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. 2017 years ago, Jesus Christ went to the cross and He died there for your sins and for mine. You can't look at a calendar today without really remembering who Jesus is. There's a place that Linnell and I like to visit from time to time called St. Augustine, Florida. St. Augustine, Florida. Some of you probably enjoy the city as well. I'm not really a beach guy, but I love the city. They have an old fort there. I'm a fort guy. And so I like to go and see the fort. Linnell said, you've seen the fort 80 times, and I will see it 81 if we ever go back. It's just that kind of thing. It does it for me. I don't know why. But I love St. Augustine. Why St. Augustine? Why is there a city named St. Augustine? Because a long time ago, there was a man named Augustine who, whose life was changed by Jesus Christ. His life was radically changed by Jesus Christ. He did a lot of great things for Jesus. And so when they established the city, they, they felt it would be just an honor to name the city after him. In California, I guess probably my favorite city in California is San Diego. Why a city named San Diego? You see, a long time ago, there was, there was a guy named San Diego de Alcala who was a Spaniard whose life was changed by a, name, a man named Jesus Christ. And San Diego, he did a lot of great things for the Lord, and so when they started that city, they decided to name that city after him. This morning, I woke up in my hometown, Valdosta, Georgia. Why is there a city named Valdosta, Georgia? Well, we don't really know. It doesn't have really the same impact, does it? But here we are. You know, it, it, it's really amazing. The impact of Jesus' life is so deep that it remains the most widely celebrated birthday in the world. All across this world, when December rolls around, we will celebrate the, the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. The cross is the world's most recognizable symbol that exists in the world. All over the world, people know what the cross stands for. The fact that Jesus was willing to go to the cross and it would be there that He would die. And so the cross is a, is a symbol. The power of His name. It means so much. When we feel 
like singing hallelujah. When we sing God, oftentimes the name of Jesus is the name that we use because we understand the potency of the just the name of Jesus as, as, as we lift up His name and we bring glory to God. In fact, so often people who express great displeasure in their life will even use the name of Jesus in vain. It means that much. The power of the name of Jesus. And so this morning we are here to celebrate Jesus. And forget religion for just a moment. Forget the spiritual implications of, of who Jesus is. Forget all those things for just a moment and and just from a purely practical standpoint you you have to ask yourself this morning you have to wonder who was this man jesus you have to i want to answer that question by reminding us here this morning of the words of jesus himself as he answered that question who is jesus this is what jesus had to say about himself he once said this he says fear not i am the first and the last i am the living one i died and behold i am alive forevermore and i have the keys of death and hades jesus said this he says i am the living one i died and behold I am alive forevermore. I don't know about you, but that just blows me away. Can we celebrate the reality that Jesus is alive? That Jesus is alive. That's what we've gathered here to do today. We've gathered here to celebrate a risen Savior. We've gathered here today to, to celebrate the, the reality that Jesus is alive. This isn't some fairy tale. This isn't some hoax. This is the truth. Uh, that, that we can center our hearts on this morning that Jesus, He lives. And I don't know about you, but, but uh, anything other than a risen Savior is just a, a dead man in a tomb. And so today we come and we celebrate Jesus Christ because He had the power to be resurrected from the dead. And so this morning we're going to celebrate the risen King, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. This morning, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. We're going to... Uh, start off in verse 1 and go through uh, verse 6a here, the first part of verse 6. If you have an electronic device, you can use that if you have an app downloaded on, on there. But this morning, we want to go to God's Word together, Luke chapter 24, and start here. You know, there's really two things that have really intrigued me about this passage. Two things that really intrigue me. And, you know, I think it would only be fair to say that all of God's Word intrigues me. I mean, I just, I never get tired of reading through God's Word. I never get tired of, of seeing how God's Word just speaks into my heart and how it just literally changes me. And it, it teaches me so much about myself and teaches me so much about my King. And so uh, this passage, no doubt, intrigues me. But there's two things that this, this passage really intrigues me more about than anything else. First of all, it's the power of Jesus Christ. The power of Jesus Christ. And so one of the things I want to talk about this morning is the power of Jesus Christ. And then the other thing is the significance of the resurrection. The significance of the resurrection 
of Jesus Christ. And so we're going to be looking at these two things here this morning. I believe that one of the most unfortunate things today in Christianity is that so often people see Jesus not for who He really is. They, they view Jesus in such a different way than really what the truth of God's Word teaches us. And we don't view the resurrection with great significance. We, don't, we, don't, we hardly even talk about it much except for on Easter Sunday. And so th- today I want to talk about these two things, starting with really the power of of Christ Jesus because I think it's just so important you know so often we sort of visualize Jesus as this kind of scrawny carpenter guy and he he's walking around he's got a really cool beard you know kind of like JT our media pastor here how many of you know JT and and just just envy over this men in this room I know you're jealous over JT's cool beard he's just got one of the best uh, that I've ever seen in my life I wish I could grow a beard like that I would do it if I could but mine looks nothing like that but we 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 often see Jesus as this sort of scrawny carpenter with this cool beard and he wears sandals and this robe and maybe he has a staff and he he's surrounded by sheep and 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 and, and little children are running up to him and maybe we see Jesus that way because in, in in life we've grown up in Sunday school and we've seen the images in the Sunday school books and that's sort of how we may portray Jesus but we we just see Jesus as very compassionate guy and oftentimes we miss the the real power of who Jesus Christ is and and that that's why I want us to look at that this morning that's why I want us to understand the significance of his resurrection I don't want us to miss that this morning because it's it truly is just that important and so this morning we're going to be reading from Luke chapter 24 read with me if you will starting with verse 1 we're going to dive in together in God's word Luke writes in his gospel he says but on the first day of the week at early dawn they meaning Mary Magdalene and the other Mary two Marys they they went to the tomb and they taken the spices that they had prepared and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb but when they went in they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus and while they were perplexed about this behold two men stood by them in dazzling apparel and as they were frightened they bowed their faces to the ground and the men said to them said why do you seek the living among the dead he meaning Jesus he is not here he has risen I want to just stop right there for a moment I want us to start talking a little bit about the power of Jesus here this morning. My prayer, my hope, and and I think for most of us as staff, we've been praying for this day. We've been praying and hoping that, that, that people would walk out of here today understanding more of who Jesus is in their life. And and so my hope and my prayer this morning is that we would understand the power of Jesus. Uh, I know as a young Christian, I used to listen to this old preacher. His name was J. Vernon McGee. I don't know if any of you ever heard of me. I had this real scratchy voice. I tried to imitate him in the first service. It didn't work, so I won't even, I won't even go there this morning. But he had this real scratchy voice, and he had this radio show, and he would, he would preach, uh, you know, and it, it was, he was just intriguing to me. It was just, I, I didn't really agree with most of what he said, except for when he was reading Scripture, but, but it, it was one of those things where it was just really kind of cool. And I remember getting uh, and going out and buying all his commentaries. He had these little booklets, you know, little easy-to-read sort of commentaries. And so as a young believer, as a young Christian, I would just get those and I would read through them. But he had this, he had this radio show, and, and he, would, 
he would uh, preach the uh, sermon every Sunday, and I would, I mean, every day, and I would listen to him. And one of the things that was really remarkable that he said one time that I, I just love, and I want to read it to you here this morning because I think it, I think it kind of brings us home as we get ready to talk about the power of Jesus. But this this old pastor, he once said this. He said, "This is God's universe, and He does things His way. You may think you have a better way, but you don't have a universe." I love that. Does that put things in perspective or what? For us, it puts things in perspective. As we begin to talk about this morning the power of Jesus, as we begin to talk about how powerful our Savior is, I think that thing, that really puts things in perspective. And the, th the reason I guess I like that, that quote so much is so often in my own life, I've tried to live out my life under my own power as though I did own my own world. And, and so often Jesus has had to remind me that I am not capable of the things that he is capable of. And so this morning we want to dive into this. We want to look at it because I think it's so cool. The, the power of Jesus is revealed right here in this passage to us. It may be a little subtle. It may be uh, a little bit uh, sort of hidden from us as we look at this. But we're going to dive into this a little deeper because I think it has such a, an impact on our life, how we continue to live our life and how we continue to think. We need to understand the power of Jesus look at this with me in the first couple of verses here it says but on the first day of the week at early dawn they went to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb but when they went in they they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus you know it, it really it really shouldn't surprise us that Jesus is alive should it I mean, knowing Jesus the way we do as believers in Christ Jesus, it really should not surprise us that Jesus is alive. I mean, if we know Him as all-powerful, if we know Him as Almighty God, if we know Him as the mighty Savior, uh, if we know Him as the Creator of the heavens and the earth, if we know Him for who He is, it really shouldn't surprise us that He defeated both sin and death in His resurrection. It shouldn't surprise us that we read about this in the scriptures you know because we we, we come to know jesus uh, as he has transformed who we once were to who we are today in christ jesus and it really shouldn't surprise us that that we see this it really shouldn't be something that we have any problems doubting that is the resurrection of jesus christ but here these women they ran into the tomb and they were a little bit shocked and it's no wonder that they did because the reality was everybody saw him dead everybody saw him dead but here they have, they come and they've, they've sort of in, encountered really the power of God to defeat death. There was a time in my life, as a, as a young man, there was a time in my life when I was dead to sin. I was dead in my trespasses. I was a man who was hopeless and without purpose. I was a man who was living his life dead to sin. And through Christ Jesus and, and, and by God's grace, through faith in Christ Jesus, God transformed my life. I began to see change in my life, and I, I began to recognize that I was no longer dead in my sin, but I was made alive in Christ Jesus. I was a new creation. I was a new creature, that I had life, and I had it abundantly because of what Christ was doing in my life. And so not only did, was I a witness of the power of Christ in my own life, I was experiencing the power of Christ in my own life. And I remember just diving into God's Word and beginning to understand this. I, there was a time in my life when there was really no purpose in my life, but because of the power of 
Christ Jesus, I, I have seen God just equip me and, and change me and just really do an incredible work in my life. And, and so I've experienced the transformative power of Jesus in my life. There was a time in my life when I really wasn't a good father. I wasn't a good husband. I was just a man who was still sort of working his way through his Christianity. And by the power of God in my life, God began to change me that I could be a better man, that I could be a better husband, that I could be a better daddy to my children. And so I've witnessed the, the power of God in my own life. As many of you here today could probably say the same thing. You've seen God move in your life. The video that we just saw was video just filled with testimonies of people talking about how God has transformed their life that they are no longer who they used to be and also recognizing that it's not themselves that changed themselves but it's the power of God in their life that changed them to who they are today that whole video was just a video of, of testimonies and uh, of the power of God in one's life but as we read scripture we read that the power of Jesus goes way beyond just our lives as individuals as well. It goes much greater than just who we are. It's, it's not that Jesus is just simply working in our lives, but he's, he's upholding a whole universe through His power. I love what Colossians 1.16 says. It says this. It says, For by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, Listen to this. All things were created through Him and for Him. I want us to sort of center in on the first part of this verse because I think it's, it really speaks the, the message that I want to get across this morning. It says here, For by Him all things were created, heaven and on earth. I don't know about you, but maybe one of the reasons that we don't have our own universe is because we're not capable of creating it. Amen? But Jesus is. The power of God goes so much further, so much greater, so much broader than anything that we might could even imagine. Imagine, if you will, Jesus Christ creating the heavens and the earth that He would have authority over all of these things. And so we begin to see the power of God as we read through the Scriptures. We begin to see the power of God as he, as, and the power of Christ as he, he just lives out His life. When He came to this earth, we read in Matthew chapter 4 that before He began His ministry, before He really launched His ministry, He went into the desert and He fasted for 40 days. This weekend, many of us as a faith family, we're fasting on Friday. We, we woke up on Friday morning and we begin to fast and we begin to pray that God would move in such an incredible way, knowing that prayer is the tip of the spear for everything that God would do in this place. And so we woke up and we begin to fast and we begin to pray. And, and I remember Friday as the day progressed, you know, it was like, Pastor David, I, I can't wait for Lord's Supper when we break that fast. And, and, and then, and then we, we, we had our dedication service. We went out to the cross and we laid our rocks and it was like, cross point to smoking pig. I mean, man, we were gone. We just, we just transitioned from here to there as quickly as possible. We filled up Marco's, and it was full, and so we went right on the smoking. I remember when I walked in Smoking Pig to have dinner, it was like, more Cross Point here, you know. The whole place was filled up with Cross Point fasters. Why is that? Because we were weak after one day. Jesus fasted for 40 days. 
And in Jesus' weakest moment, when he was most weak in his life, Satan, who had been tempting him, comes to him, and in his weakness, he turns to Satan and he says, Be gone. Be gone. And here's what's so powerful about Jesus, that in his weakest state, Satan obeys. Satan obeys. He leaves. He goes away. He, he surrenders to Jesus in his weakest state. The power of Christ. Do we understand it the way we need to understand it? In Matthew 8, there's another story where Jesus and His disciples are in the boat with Jesus, and, and Jesus is sleeping. I mean, talk about the peace that surpasses all understanding. You know, He's, he's tired. He's just going to lay over on a bag of, of nets and sleep for a while, and the disciples are making their way across. And, and finally, the Scriptures tell us that there was a storm that arose, and the storm was great, and the winds began to blow, and the waves got high, and they cried out to Jesus, and they said, Jesus, man, you got to wake up. Something's going on here. And, and Jesus stands up, and He... He tells the winds to be still. And he tells the seas to be still. And the wind obeyed. And the seas obeyed. The power of Jesus. You've got to imagine that the disciples at that moment, they were saying, who is this man we're with? Who is this guy really? I wonder if we truly understand the power of Christ Jesus. I love what Hebrews 1, 3 says. It says, He is the radiance of the glory of God and, in, and the exact imprint of His nature. Jesus Christ, He is the radiance of the glory of God. What a beautiful poetic statement that is. The radiance of of the glory of God, an exact imprint of the Father's nature. But look at this. And He upholds the universe by the word of His power. Jesus Christ upholding the universe, the heavens, the earth, the visible, the invisible, all the things that are natural and supernatural, everything that exists in this world, Jesus Christ holding it all together by His word. By his word. This is the power of Christ Jesus. Now, you may be asking me, well, why do we need to understand about the power of God this morning? I thought we were talking about the resurrection. Why is it that it's important that we understand about the power of Christ in our life? And the reason is this is because some of you came in here this morning. And some of you walked into this building, and yes, it's Easter, and here you come, and you're, you're here because you know that we, you know everybody goes to church on Easter. I mean, you're just supposed to go to church on Easter. But some of you came into this building today, and you're living lives of hopelessness, and you think that there's no hope for your life, and it's all because you don't understand the power of Christ to change a life. To change a life. Some of you came in here today and you're wondering about your relationships. You're wondering if you can hold them together. And let me just say this, you probably can't, but Jesus can. Can I just say that this morning? 
Some of you walked in here today and you're feeling such a sense of despair that you don't know if you can go on. And the reality is you may not can go on, not without Jesus in your life, but Jesus, because He is all-powerful, because Isaiah once said there's going to be a Son who is given to us and He is going to be a, a mighty God. He is capable of handling everything that's going on in your life. And so I don't care what you walked in here with today. If you came into this place thinking there was no hope for the situations that you find yourself in, I am here to tell you that God, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, our Savior, is all-powerful, and if He can uphold the universe with just His Word, don't you think He can do something with your life? Don't you think He can do something with your life? I know He can because He's done it in mine. And if He can bring me back from where I was, then you're just, a, you're just an easy case. You're easy. God has done such a work in my own heart. If you ever want to hear about it, I'll be glad to tell you. It's really amazing. I've seen, I've experienced the power of Jesus in my life. And we must never forget that, but we must also never, never miss the significance of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Here we are on Easter Sunday. We can't leave this part out, can we? Because we're talking about a Savior who is risen. We're talking about a Savior who, who went to the cross. He died. He died. He didn't, he didn't almost die and He just kind of lived through it. He died. He was buried in a tomb and in three days having victory over sin and death. He conquered death by being raised from the grave and He lives today and that's what we celebrate. Amen? We celebrate a risen Savior. And so we must never forget the resurrection we must never lose sight of the resurrection we must never misunderstand the significance of the resurrection of jesus christ in our text today starting with verse four it says this while they were perplexed these women were perplexed behold two men stood by them in dazzling apparel and they were frightened and they bowed their faces to the ground and the men said to them why do you seek now look at this this is very important why do you seek the living among the dead he is not here but he is risen he has risen this is powerful this is powerful the bodily resurrection of jesus is the single most important account or historical fact that we have ever had it is the single most important event in our history ever the resurrection of Jesus Christ the most important and the reason that I say this is because through the resurrection of Jesus Christ we begin to see the significance of this because it is because of the the resurrection of Jesus Christ that we 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 are provided the irrefutable evidence that Jesus is who he says he was that he is indeed the son of God John the Baptist once declared, there, there's the Son of God, there's the Lamb of God, there's the one who is the chosen one, He is the anointed one, He is the one who has come to atone for our sins. He proclaimed that. And then Jesus, as He continued His ministry, He continued to preach the same message over and over and over, that He was indeed the Son of God. And so what we have in the resurrection is not a dead carpenter laying in a tomb, rotting away with a bunch of foolish people worshiping a dead man, but what we have is a living Savior 
and we have the son of god we have who jesus said he was and we have one of the most amazing accounts in history that was ever given to declare this truth the word of god declares this truth and we have the resurrection of christ which proves the deity of jesus he is the son of god he's not a dead carpenter he's not a man who we could even search for on this earth because after he rose from the grave he spent a little more time with his disciples than then he ascended into heaven and the scriptures tell us he's seated at the right hand of the father we worship a living god jesus is alive jesus is alive you know the apostle paul he he spoke of the the resurrection in first corinthians 15 i, I started to do a, a whole nother sermon for you just to break that out for you i don't have time for that this morning but i, I want you to be encouraged go to first corinthians 15 and and just read what paul says about the the resurrection i wish i really had time to dive into this this morning but but here paul gives three accounts he, he he gives he really gives three arguments about the resurrection he starts the first argument off with an argument of authority three times he would say in this passage that he, he would begin to say look to the scriptures look to what the gospel says look at what the disciples have said about the resurrection look at how many people gave account of the resurrection itself and so he talks about the authority that we can we can believe the resurrection in the authority of the gospel the authority of the scriptures the second argument he comes in is one of evidence and one of the things that that he points out is that tremendous number of of of, of witnesses witnessed that jesus was once dead and now he is alive over and over throughout the scriptures we begin to see this that there were people who gave account in fact, some historians say if you can't believe the resurrection of Jesus Christ, then you'd better not believe the accounts of Napoleon because there's more written about the resurrection of Jesus Christ than there ever was about a man named Napoleon. And yet the world will embrace the truthfulness of history and what history says about Napoleon. And so many of the world want to reject the truthfulness of the resurrection of Christ. There were more witnesses. There was more written about the resurrection of Christ than really any other single event in history. And so Paul gives evidence, argument of evidence. He even goes so far as to give an argument of logic. He says, this makes sense. This makes sense that Jesus would be raised from the dead. You know, to really grasp, to really, really grasp the resurrection of Jesus, we would have to go all the way back. Let's do that. I mean, we've got time. Y'all are the last service, right? We'd have to go all the way back to the Old Testament, to, to Genesis, where God encounters Abram, and he, he comes to Abram, and he says, I know things are broken. He comes to Abram, he says, I know things are broken. I know this world's a mess, but you see, I'm going to roll out my kingdom. I'm going to roll out the kingdom. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this world the kingdom, and in this, I'm going to defeat all the disease of the world. I'm going to defeat the despair. I'm going to defeat, uh, defeat the, the suffering and the pain of this world. I'm going to roll out my kingdom. I'm going to do this, and there's going to be a new heaven and there's going to be a new earth and then years later we get into the new testament we see where jesus i mean where god now so loved the world that he would send his son jesus christ to this earth and he would send his son as a baby who was born in a manger and this baby would grow up to be a man and live a perfect life and as he lived this perfect life he began to come to a place where where he he would 
ultimately go to the cross and we see that God so loved the world that he would send his son to die on the cross and it would be on the cross that Jesus would hang and it would be on the cross that Jesus' blood would be shed for the atonement of sin and it was on the cross that he would die and it was on the cross that he would be taken down and taken over and placed into a borrowed tomb and it was in the borrowed tomb that Jesus would lay for three days but it was in three days where God would raise him from the dead would raise him from the dead that today April 16th 2017 we could sit here today in celebration of a risen Savior not a dead man a risen Savior God keeping his promise by sending us his son and his name is Jesus oh my friends oh that you would grasp the significance of the resurrection of Jesus Christ that today you would understand the importance of the resurrection Jesus Christ we have been saved from a kingdom of darkness by the resurrection of Jesus Christ and ushered into a kingdom of light 1 Peter 2.9 says this it says but you are a chosen race a royal priesthood a holy nation a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of Him who called you out of darkness and into His marvelous light. How many of you would testify with me this morning that Jesus is the source of our marvelous light? The marvelous light. My hope and my prayer this morning is that there would not be a man or a woman or a boy or a girl that would walk out of here today not knowing who Jesus Christ is. That's my prayer. And I know the world is broken. I know that your life feels broken. I know that we struggle with things that we can only imagine having to struggle with from time to time in our life. But my hope and my prayer is that every one of us this morning from the oldest to the youngest would realize that Jesus is all-powerful and that He is the hope for our hopelessness. I pray that not a single person would walk out of this room not knowing Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. You know, the Scripture teaches a lot about the Gospel. It's Romans 3.23, it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That includes me, by the way. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Nobody walked in here this morning perfect. Nobody's going to walk out of here this morning perfect. But what we can do is walk out of here changed forever by the presence of Christ Jesus in our life. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death. That means eternal separation from God. The wages of our sin is death. 
But the good news is, is that Romans 10, 9 reveals this, that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in our hearts that God raised Him from the dead, we shall be saved. Is that good news this morning? Is that good news for anyone who walked in here this morning with a sense of hopelessness? In other words, what the gospel says is if you'll just turn to Jesus, you'll find the hope for your hopelessness. God has a huge way of taking broken people and doing something really wonderful in their life. This morning, we're going to sing that last song as we always do. And, and I pray that if anyone here today just feels led to come to this altar and pray, let me just say, it may feel uncomfortable, but it's going to feel mighty good when you're down here. There's just something about coming to the altar and getting on our hands and our feet before God and just praying and offering a prayer of thanksgiving, offering a prayer of, of hopelessness, saying, God, I need you in my life. And so maybe you're here today, and, and the best place that you can respond to what God has been speaking in your life is at this altar. Or maybe your greatest act of worship this morning is just standing and singing this last song with us, singing a song of adoration and praise for what Christ has done in your life, giving just praise to Him for the, for the wonderful things that He has accomplished in your life. Maybe this morning, your best act of worship is to just remain where you are and just offer a prayer of confession and, and repentance and turn to Christ Jesus and ask Him to forgive your sins like He has the sins of so many in this room. As we sing, our pastors and our ministers and some of our counselors will even be down front. We'll be here. We're not going to leave till you have all your answers to your questions. We're here for you. But let us not walk out of here today. Let us not walk out of this place not understanding the power of Jesus Christ in our life and the power that He can offer to us in our life and the significance of His resurrection.